Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's grab our Bibles and open up to the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapters 21 and 22. Now I'm going to read five of those verses for us now as we prepare to hear from Rich Sylvester as he helps us continue in our series where we're looking at what it means to be God's chosen instrument. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, may I say something to you? And he said, do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hands to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in Hebrew, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. Growing up, there was a china cabinet in my grandmother's dining room that held all the china that you never really used. And if you did use it, it was the kind of china where if you put it in the dishwasher, my grandmother would get really upset. But there was one particular bowl in this china cabinet that we all knew we should never touch. It was a bowl that my grandmother and grandfather had received as a wedding present from my grandmother's parents. It was a glass bowl made by a company called Tiffany. Many of us think of Tiffany as jewelry products, those blue boxes of jewelry that I've never given to my wife. And, but there was a time where Tiffany made glass lamps and bowls and things like that. And, and this bowl was a particular treasure for my grandmother. And we knew, don't touch the bowl. Don't use the bowl. Don't even look at the bowl. This bowl stays in the china cabinet. There is a family story that at one point my cousin tried to serve potato salad out of it, but we don't talk about that story. My grandmother almost had a heart attack. But I remember as a kid looking at that bowl thinking, well, it's a bowl. Why aren't we using a bowl? It was made to hold stuff, but it just sits there empty on the shelf. It was made to, to be used to serve something, but it just sits there empty on the shelf. It seems so ridiculous to me. It actually still does to this day. Susie and I have a rule in our house. If it doesn't go in the dishwasher, we're not going to own it. I talked about this with my team this week to see if there was anything in their lives like this. One of my team members talked about a, a set of glasses that uh, she wasn't allowed to drink out of. If she did as a kid, her mom would say, hey, we don't use those glasses. Glasses you can't drink from. Another talked about an antique chair that sat in the corner of the living room that you weren't allowed to sit on. A chair you can't sit on. Another talked about hand towels that hung next to the bathroom sink that were only for decor. If you wanted to dry your hands, you had to open the bathroom cabinet and find one of the other towels. Hand towels you couldn't dry your hands on. 
I was thinking about this this week because for the last two weeks we've been in a series called The Chosen Instrument of My Church. The Chosen Instrument of My Church. And as Trav began this series a couple weeks ago, he showed us that in Greek, this phrase chosen instrument can also mean chosen vessel. In fact, the logo for this series, you can see it in the bottom right, or there, now it's bigger, is, is a pitcher being filled that as chosen instruments, that's all of us, as chosen vessels, we are designed to pour ourselves out that we get filled and then we pour. We get filled and then we pour. Or as we've been saying for this whole year, we gather and we go. We gather and we go. Now, I know that this idea of pouring ourselves out in Scripture can look like a lot of different components. We give generously to the poor as we pour ourselves out. We uh, seek the rights of, uh, or we look to to battle injustice or or seek those um, who have been oppressed and we fight for them. That's pouring ourselves out. We love our neighbor. Or as we read in our book series A few months ago, maybe we just invite somebody over to our kitchen table. We pour ourselves out. This can mean caring for our aging parents or creating a home environment for our children where they can experience the love and joy of Jesus Christ. This is all pouring ourselves out. But in our passage today, I want to consider that pouring ourselves out means opening up our mouths and talking about Jesus. It means opening up our mouths and sharing our story of faith, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the hope we have in him. I think Paul understood that this is what it meant to pour himself out In order to understand the the scene that Terry just read here in Acts, we have to back up just a little bit because it is really remarkable what Paul is doing. See, Paul has traveled to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem, Paul is not well liked. The Jews in Jerusalem have heard the things that Paul has been preaching and they're upset with him. In fact, when Paul gets to Jerusalem and heads to the temple, he's recognized by people there. And they start shouting, that's Paul. That's the guy. We can't let him do this. In fact, Luke records that not just the temple scene, but the whole city of Jerusalem is in uproar that Paul is there. The whole city gathers and they grab Paul and they drag him out of the temple. They shut the temple doors behind him. And there in the streets, they begin to beat Paul and pull on him and tear his clothes. They want to kill Paul and they are killing him. And as this commotion is happening, As this riot ensues and Paul is being beaten to death, 
the Roman soldiers notice. Now, the Roman soldiers, they're not there to settle religious disputes. They could care less about religious disputes. They are there to stop the people from rising up against Rome. And as this commotion starts and the whole city is there, the the soldiers start to wonder, well, maybe this is an uprising. We better do something. And so the soldiers grab their weapons and their shields and they press their way into this mass of people, into this chaos, into this violence. And as they get to the center of it, they find Paul beaten, bruised, bleeding, his clothing torn. He's gasping for air. Not sure what is happening. The head of the Roman soldiers there, they take out two chains, Luke says. They bind his hands. They bind Paul's feet, but the crowd continues to press in on them. The crowd is insistent on getting rid of Paul, on killing him. The soldiers press back and the lead soldier says, hey, we got to get him out of here. And Paul, get this picture in your head, bound by hands and feet, is picked up by the soldiers you, you got to imagine him horizontal to the ground right now. I kind of imagine him face down, a soldier on each arm, maybe a soldier on each leg, and they're carrying him through the crowd. Again, beaten, bloody, clothes torn, shackled at hands and feet, carried horizontal to the ground. What does Paul do? He turns to the soldier in charge and he says, hey, do you mind if I talk to the people? Is that not shocking to you? Hey, do you mind if I say something to the masses? I mean, imagine what was going through the soldier's brain. Uh, They're trying to tear you apart and you want to talk to them. They settle the matter between themselves and eventually the Roman tribune uh, unshackles Paul's hands and he he stands up. This mob still aggressively coming after him. He, He raises his hand, makes an orator's gesture and he begins to speak in Aramaic, a language that almost all the Jews there would certainly know. And he tells everyone his encounter with Jesus Christ. He tells everyone about Christ's death and resurrection. He tells everyone that they too can find saving grace through Jesus Christ. Paul understood that vessels are meant to be poured out. Not kept safely tucked away in the china cabinet. As I read this story of Paul, I just had to keep asking myself, am I pouring myself out or am I just polishing myself up? Am I pouring myself out? Am I opening my mouth and telling the story of Jesus Christ in my life and the hope that people can have through him Or am I keeping myself safe in the china cabinet? I think it's a question we all need to ask ourselves this morning. As chosen vessels, we are to pour ourselves out, not polish ourselves up. 
Paul was committed to telling the truth of Jesus Christ. And I have to ask this week, am I that committed? Am I pouring myself out or am I just polishing myself up? And the truth is that pouring ourselves out is is no easy reality. There's some truths about pouring ourselves out. One is this, that when we pour ourselves out, there is a cost. Right? When we pour ourselves out, there is a risk that we are taking. When we pull that piece of china out of the china cabinet and serve potato salad in it, there's a chance it's going to get chipped. There's a chance it's going to get broken. There's a chance it's going to get scraped. But there is always a cost to pouring ourselves out. Paul clearly understood this. Earlier in the narrative, if you go back to Acts chapter 19 and Acts chapter 20, Paul is is sitting with the elders in the church in Ephesus. And as he sits there worshiping with the elders and and taking communion maybe together and and singing praises and reading God's word, he, he says to those there in the church of Ephesus, he says, I am going to Jerusalem. He says, I am, I'm going to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit has said, I need to go pour myself out in Jerusalem. And he says, and the only thing I'm sure of is this. The Holy Spirit says that when I'm there, I'm going to face imprisonment and I'm going to face affliction. And the elders in Ephesus say, don't go, Paul. Paul, don't go, I can hear them now saying, Paul, keep yourself in the china cabinet. You don't want to get chipped up. You don't want to break or be broken. And Paul says, no way. I'm going to go pour myself out. In fact, halfway through the journey, he he stops. His his boat stops to unload some cargo and pick up some new cargo. And and he hangs there in that city with some Christians for a while. And one one prophet comes. His name is Agabus. And Agabus comes and, and, and he grabs Paul's belt. And Agabus wraps his own hands and his own feet with Paul's belt. And he says, Paul, whoever is the owner of this belt... This is what will happen to him. And all the believers there with Paul say, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Did you see what Agabus said? You're going to be arrested. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be bound. And Paul turns to them. And resolutely he says, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? I am not only ready to be imprisoned, but even die in Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul understands there is a cost. But he understands that as chosen vessels. We are to pour ourselves out. Not polish ourselves up. This is by the way Jesus is teaching as well. In Luke chapter 21. Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, they will lay hands on you. They will persecute you. They will deliver you up to the synagogues and the prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. 
And Jesus says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. That in the midst of it, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. That there is a cost to pouring ourselves out. But as chosen vessels, we are called to pour ourselves out, not polish ourselves up. There's another truth to pouring ourselves out, though. And it's this, that the familiar places often feel the most risky. That it's the familiar places that often feel the most risky to pour ourselves out. Again, two weeks ago, as Travis was talking about Paul's calling... He mentioned that in Acts chapter 9, Ananias is sent to Paul and he says to Paul, Paul, you're going to be my chosen vessel that's going to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to Gentiles, to kings, and to Jews. And I think Trav had a slide about that. And he said that as Paul goes to Gentiles, those are some places where, where Paul would never expect to go, sort of ex surprising places. That Paul's going to go before kings. And those are places that clearly only God can arrange. But that Paul would also go before the children of Israel. He would go before Jews. These were the places Paul was already going. These were the familiar places. And as we study these books of Paul or these chapters on Paul, we see that even last week when Dale preached, when he preaches to the Gentiles, they're... They're not pulling him apart. Some are believing and some aren't. Next week we'll look as Paul stands before King Agrippa. But it's here, among people familiar to him, that it feels the most dangerous. Commentators agree that as Paul went there to the temple, that there were people in the temple there that he knew well. Family members even. Friends that he had grown up with. Other uh, Pharisees and rabbis that he had studied with. Pharisees that he had taught the law alongside of or interpret the law to settle disputes within the community. Yes, the very crowd that was trying to pull Paul apart was a crowd that was very familiar with him. And I had to consider that maybe in my life, it's the familiar places that I feel most scared to pour myself out. To open up my mouth. To declare the, right, the truth of Jesus Christ. Because if we share him with our coworkers, well, they may take the long way around our desk the next day. Or if we lean over the fence and share Jesus in our testimony with our neighbor well, they, they may not come by as frequently. Or if we tell our, our golfing buddies about it, they may not want to share the cart with us as often. See, it's those familiar places that I sometimes think it feels the most risky. But here in this narrative of Paul, we see that whatever the cost, even bound with chains, bleeding and bruised, being carried horizontal to the ground. He says, hey, can I say something to everybody here? 
as chosen vessels. We are called to pour ourselves out, not polish ourselves up. But there's another truth to this. And that is that pouring ourselves out is not just what Jesus has called us to do, but it's what Jesus did for us. That pouring ourselves out, this is the way of Jesus. That Jesus didn't remain in the safety of the china cabinet. Jesus didn't say, I am way too valuable to go down there. No, Jesus took on flesh and came and walked among us. And as we read in Philippians chapter 2, he humbled himself to the point that he poured himself out. He emptied himself on the cross so that we might find life through him. That Jesus Christ didn't say, I don't want to get risk being chipped or broken or shattered. No, Jesus Christ says, you can kill me. But I want to tell you about grace. You can kill me, but I want to be your forgiveness. See, pouring ourselves out is the way of Jesus. Then when we come to the communion table this morning, we come to a table where Jesus has poured himself out for us. Yes, when it comes to sharing our faith, there's always a cost. And sometimes those familiar places are the scariest. But we're reminded it's what Jesus Christ did for us. You know, when I think of that bowl in my grandmother's china cabinet, I think it's ridiculous that there's a bowl we don't use. I think about a chair we can't sit in or a hand towel I can't dry my hands but you know what I want to become even more ridiculous in my life? That I would be a vessel, a chosen vessel of God that doesn't pour himself out. May we consider pouring ourselves out. May we consider opening our mouths and sharing our testimony with people in our lives May we consider opening our mouths and sharing the truth of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, the hope that the world can have through faith in him. And even though we may get chipped, and even though we may get broken, may we remember that this is what Jesus Christ did for us. As chosen Vessels, we are called to pour ourselves out, not polish ourselves up. Thank you for joining us today. Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, we are all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we are excited to help you connect to Christ and His community. Have a blessed day.